political commentator Alistair Ramsey is known for his thoughtful assessments of issues which face our island. So what's got into him lately? Alistair doesn't hold back on this week's programme about his deep concerns over the process which has led to the proposed site in the south for a wind farm development. I think it's important that I clarify that the proposed development is close to where I live, but I hope you'll agree that in this interview I remain impartial. I asked Alistair, why is he being so politically forthright? Yes, well, I I am, for my sins, a political commentator uh, these days of sorts. Um, And what strikes me about this affair is that ultimately it's about whether the island plan has now usurped the authority of Timbald. Uh, the appearance of giant wind turbines, each one the height of Peel Hill, would be the biggest change to the Manx landscape for many centuries. And I think the island could only move towards that great transformation with the approval of its highest authority, which is Timbald, I think, and with the consent of its people. Um, but in this case, the Council of Ministers has bypassed the Parliament and the public in starting the process to bring wind turbines to the Isle of Man. And I think that leaves it uh, politically exposed, and I think its its policy lacks legitimacy. And yet, uh, government would not unreasonably say uh, there are documents that have been through Timwald, have had Timwald approval, the uh, Isle of Man government's uh, plan, um, that has been supported by Timwald. It's been discussed and, and produced, I'm, I'm told, by Timwald members actively um, sitting around in, 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 I don't know, what are, what's a collective of MHKs, gaggles of MHKs. Yeah, workshops. And, and they have come up with these ideas as, as the way forward for the Isle of Man. So surely to goodness, um, there's only so much... Uh, debate you can have on these things. I mean, we had last October uh, the Climate Change Action Plan. Uh, That must have been uh, debated and discussed. And indeed, Mm. in that plan, there is a requirement for 20 megawatts of onshore renewables. Yeah, but but onshore wind farms (laughs) are are a a distinct and a separate and, and significant political issue that they have not been debated. The principle of that has not been debated. There's no clear reference to that in these documents, um, unless you're inside the, the the bubble and you knew what was what it meant. So the idea that the inference of the small print of a document gives authority for a major policy is just not acceptable. Is is it though not something? I mean. The, the whole concept or principle of onshore wind farms has been um, being discussed uh, by, by various governments over the last uh, possibly 10, maybe even 15 years. I know I was pushing for them when I was uh, minister um, and chair of the then Council of Ministers yeah. Environment and Infrastructure Committee. So it's not a new concept, this. Well, that may have happened behind closed doors, but if you actually examine the, the records, there's been no public debate about this because I guess people knew it was controversial or maybe they're just totally politically naive. But, I mean, I've been watching Manx politics for 40 years and it was always understood that if you had a major policy issue that was separately addressed, 
debated with the public and in Timwall, and then it needed clear approval before the government could go ahead with it. That hasn't happened here, and I've never seen anything like it. I mean, that's quite an extraordinary thing to say, that you've in, in 40 years you've never seen anything like this. No, I haven't. I, re- I really haven't. It sounds like hyperbole, but, but I mean, what, what we've ended up here with is a, is a fate accompli. The, the government apparently has a policy in favour of onshore wind farms. They must have, because they've just given, well, the, earlier this year, they gave the go-ahead for that. It's not at all clear where that policy came from. It's never been explained. It's never been explicitly debated um, and approved in Timwald. It seems to have been smuggled through Timwald by some invisible process that only members of the Council of Ministers could see. Um, and, and to me, you know, policy smuggling and invisible processes is not open and transparent government. Is, is it? I mean, we, we elect MHKs, don't we? to represent us and to make decisions on our behalf. Um, is it not reasonable that those MHKs could have uh, met, um, admittedly behind closed doors, and had these sorts of discussions and then decided this indeed mm. is, is the way forward? No, that's not, that's not acceptable at all. Um, the Isle of Man, Parliament, uh, Timwald, is, is signed up to the the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association standard of best practice, which says that members should act and take decisions in an open and transparent manner. I think this kind of, you know, um, logical implication of, of, a, of a document that we should have all read from cover to cover, you know, sorry, mate, you should have read the small print. That's political sharp practice. Um, and it is completely different culture from what has happened in the past. And I think the the island plan is becoming more important than Timwald. And I, I suppose um, th- trying to trying to consider then uh, the, 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 the Timwald process and how Isle of Man government reacts with that. Um, sadly, uh, Timwald chose not to to follow any of the recommendations uh, that uh, Lord Lisvane came forward to to give a little bit more power to Timbald. Um Why does it matter in our apolitical, uh, uh, sorry, non-party political mm. uh, system uh, that Timbald has a greater say? And I'm sort of leading you into this a bit. Yeah, well, I, because the politicians, the, the government, the Council of Ministers, has no clear public mandate for what it's doing. So at each stage where it's making major policy changes, and this government is making more changes than any other I can remember, that that it's done properly, it, there's a quality of decision-making, it involves the public, and that the public understand what's going on. It's not, well, it's on page whatever of the plan, it's got to happen. I mean, that's, that's a kind of autocratic, almost totalitarian um, approach. I mean, to a certain extent, I imagine, if the Chief Minister were listening to this, he would, first of all, be pleased that you think this government is, is making more decisions, um, uh, big decisions, than, mm. than uh, any previous government, because effectively that's the stall he has laid out, that mm. he wants to deliver significant change. Um, is that unreasonable of him? No, but, but he has to have a mandate for that. And in the absence of a direct public mandate, the Parliament has to, to challenge, test 
and assess what he's doing and they don't do it. So looking then at the specific concerns that you have about the proposal, um, I mean, I suppose were the wind farm sited elsewhere on the Isle of Man in a, a less... Uh, important uh, position uh, in, in terms of its scenic value or uh, biodiversity. Would you would you be happy uh, with that? Well, it it's not really down to me. I, I think that the key point is that it would be a major change for the island, um, and that needs to be considered properly. Um, there are policy issues around this. I mean, on big wind farms are not permitted in UK national parks for example so that they do have an impact on the landscape the idea of oh you'll get used to them they'll make it look better is not accepted in places like the lake district and the yorkshire dales so there is a there's a policy choice there now it may be that what the government is doing is absolutely necessary for the good of the island and our international responsibilities and so on but if that's the case they have to explain that to the public and through a proper debate you just don't you know you don't jump the gun and just get crack on and do it because it's in a document that the public don't read uh, i mean I, i'm sorry but this is not acceptable at some point uh, the mua is going to have to come back to tinwald to actually get the necessary funding to allow this to happen yeah. is that not the more appropriate time to to have the debate that's going to be interesting and i think they'll struggle there because there's a lot of concern at the moment about government spending especially you know post liverpool terminal so i think that's going to be a big challenge for them but nevertheless if you're arguing about the money you've still accepted the policy by default uh, and the same with an argument about any particular site you've still you know the, the the policy has still been smuggled in by the back door and you haven't had that proper national debate about whether and whether these things are suitable, whether we have a choice, what the value of the uplands is in terms of natural beauty, quality of life for people, an attraction for tourists and, and new residents that we're supposed to be going for. Do we, do we treat our uplands as an equivalent of the UK national parks? Do we respect them in that way? Or do we say, well, sorry, mate, they're not that special? Um, I mean, there's all sorts of issues there that they have just bypassed. And uh, I find it incredible, actually. The planning uh, system, uh, as it currently exists, at least, uh, does offer some protection, doesn't it, though? Uh, I mean, you you can't uh, develop... Uh, industrial scale uh, developments um, mm. in areas that aren't designated for that unless there is an absolute uh, national yeah. need. Yeah. Yes, and on the face of it, I'm no planning expert um, and I'm no expert on, on the technical side of wind farms. But on the face of it, the planning system doesn't provide for onshore wind developments of, of any size. So uh, having gone through all this process, government at the end of it would have would have to accept that it can't go ahead in which case if they'd read the strategic plan first it might have saved a lot of trouble um or they're going to have to override the planning outcome uh, in the national interest which again is a political decision you can't you can't just leave it to the planning process to resolve a major policy issue so is it then coincidental perhaps that the 
Isle of Man strategic plan is currently being reviewed uh, with a view to radical and significant change. Mm. It looks fishy, doesn't it? But but I think it was due for a review. Um, but again, that that's a big policy debate about the future of the island, how we want it to look. Um, unfortunately, it sounds boring and technical and nobody seems to pay much attention to it. But I mean, again, these are big policy issues. Is, is Tynwald up to the job? I'm not confident that it is up to the job at the moment of being an independent parliament. And I think this issue will test its authority in a way that hasn't happened for a long time. Um, and again, you know, has it got authority over the island plan or has the island plan got authority above Timwald? In which case, and I, I, I hate this kind of, it sounds like a massive exaggeration, but, but in which case we're a kind of one-party state. So have you, you've finally been won over by uh, Peter Caron's uh, jibe that uh, the Isle of Man is a, a one-party state by patronage. Good old Peter. We do miss him, don't we? Um, I mean, he went over the top. Um, he was the bane of a lot of people's lives. But but there isn't anything like him now. Um, you know, the, the kind of... Um, guard dogs that bark when they think something's going wrong and and uh, i i am really worried about the uh, the quality of our good governance in the isle of man again that's uh, quite an extraordinary thing to say uh, particularly as someone who has been around at yeah. various times i mean obviously we've had the the, the scandal of the mua um um, borrowing money when perhaps it didn't have the necessary authority. I remember had, that one too. We've, yes. we've had the Mount Murray, um, yeah. and, and you know, all, all these things have happened in the past. And, mm. and you still think that uh, the current government, um, well, I'm, I'm perhaps putting words into your mouth, is, is worse than, than, than on those. Well, occasions. I wouldn't say worse. I say the the, the, the government is, is is doing its best, and it's got a lot of it's got strong leadership and direction now. Um, which is fine. It might be heading in the right direction. It might not. It might be betting the farm. You know, it, it looks that way to some people. But um, what they're doing needs to be challenged and tested, so we can be reassured that everything is is heading in the right direction. And and with a strong government like that, you do need a strong mechanism to assess what it's doing. And because we've now got the island plan almost in in place of Timwald debate. Um, it's potentially quite dangerous situation. I mean, I, I don't like making these um, extreme statements because I, I like to think of myself as a, a reasonable person, but uh, I find myself being quite alarmed, actually. So, looking then at the at the at the whole situation, I mean, let let, let let's uh, assume that Tinmold actually uh, sort of decides, actually, yeah, okay, maybe Alistair's right here, we do need a debate. That's very um, unlikely. Uh, the, the debate happens, and actually Tinmold members turn around and say, you know what, when we were out knocking on doors at the last election, a lot of people told us that actually we do need to be moving mm. to uh, more renewable I'm energy. I'm sure people did, yeah, um, yeah. And actually, we think that the loss of certain parts mm. of our uplands is a reasonable thing. Does that then negate 
your your argument because actually Timbald has had that reason to be. I, I think if they if they had a, a reasonable, informed, and clear debate after a period of public conversation about it, I mean you'd expect that they need to take that into account. They need to think about it, and they make a a, a there's a clear outcome. I wouldn't like it. But if, you know, if, if there was no other way for the Isle of Man, I think reasonable people would have to accept that. But they just haven't even begun to, to, to present that argument. There's, there's a kind of a, assumed consent, either because it comes in the green wrapping or because it's uh, in the island plan. So, so presumably, then, if Isle of Man government is cracking on with uh, onshore renewables and, uh, you know, we're told that... Uh, Isle of Man government's having conversations with Orsted about an offshore uh, wind farm. Mm. Presumably, legislation is in place to to give us the comfort that these things are going to be developed uh, appropriately and there's going to be an appropriate uh, way of operating them. I don't know the answer to that, but part of me doubts it. Okay. Um, well... Um, so the, there is the potential then of, of, of debate in Timwald. Obviously, Jason Moorhouse has a motion down, mm. I think a couple of motions down this yeah. uh, in, in this month's Timwald, one of which is specifically addressing this issue of uh, protecting the uplands. Mm. Um, will that uh, go some way at least to allowing Timwald to have made a conscious choice on this? I think it's the beginning of it. It'll be very interesting to see if the members are queuing up to say, oh, yes, we have approved this policy. And don't you remember we did it on such and such a day? Um, I can't see that happening because if they did that, nobody else noticed them doing that. But at least Jason's motion picks up on one of the issues around this that should be taken into account and clearly hasn't been. And hopefully we'll, that will put it back to the Council of Ministers with the message, you know, look at this again, guys, and do it properly. Come back to us with a proper argument so we can have a proper conversation and debate about this. Again, the, the MUA will say that they have undertaken a very rigorous uh, um, process to um, try and find the ideal site for this uh, the, 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 this onshore wind farm. They They have discussed this with all the... Uh, the, the agencies of government that may mm. be affected by this and ultimately they, they ended up with three sites one of which uh, they couldn't really access uh, properly um, which uh, one does wonder then uh, how, how could that have been a preferred site uh, the, the second uh, favoured site was uh, had the potential of uh, polluting our main water supply uh, but we were left with this one site in, in, in the south of the island. Mm. Um, do, do, do government departments and agencies not have the best interests of the Alaman at heart? I'm, I'm sure they, they do, and I, I don't blame the MUA. I think they've been given a hospital pass by the Council of Ministers. Um, but that's a technical process. Um, it's not a political... The, the policy should come first. You know, the national debate about how do we approach this big issue? You know, this is going to be a big change for the Isle of Man. Do we have to do it? What's the best way we do it? Once you've got the policy established, then you do the technical process about where you put them and, you know... This idea that 
that, you know, consulting with the local residents, once the thing is a fait accompli, is any form of, you know, adequate consultation. And they talk about mitigating um, the impact. Well, how do you mitigate something 500 feet high? You know, take a couple of inches off the top and everyone will be happy, presumably. But with something like this, and I'm sure there have been other developments uh, that have taken place around the island, there is an inevitability that people uh, close by are going to have various concerns. Oh, yeah. And, mm. you know, they are readily dismissed as NIMBYs. I would probably have readily dismissed them as NIMBYs uh, myself until mm. this uh, recent uh, uh, application, which clearly is in my backyard, and I've already declared that at the mm. start of the programme. Um ultimately government is there to make the right decisions on behalf of the manx public to ensure mm. that we have a secure future with the approval of the parliament with the clear approval of the parliament not the you know it's the it's the logical implication of one of the lines in the in the island planning you should have realized that you should have been paying attention that really isn't acceptable but the thing about the NIMBYs is it's quite ironic because I got into a lot of trouble a couple of years ago for writing an article attacking NIMBYs around housing developments. Um, and I, I think there are people, it's not just in that local area, and I, I do sympathise with those people because their lives have been turned upside down, but there are people across the island who are concerned about the future of the Manx countryside. Now that's... If if being concerned about your, the landscape of your of your nation is nimbyism, then you know, I give up. And uh, one of the, the the things that we are regularly told, of course, that uh, attracts people to come and uh, work and, and live on the Isle of Man, uh, is the fantastic uh, place in which we live, the the, the yeah. wonderful landscape and the environment. Yes, I think that's come out of various surveys in the past and the quality of life, which governments in the past were very much aware of. They weren't quite as blinkered as, as this current regime. that they, they took into account kind of senses of identity and culture, quality of life issues, uh, in a way that you just don't get mentioned anymore. And yet... We're looking to attract lots more people to the place. Uh, there are all sorts of implications to that in terms of cohesion of the community. Um, and if it's being discussed, it's not being discussed in public. So then, uh, we're running sadly towards the end of the programme, but um, what would you your, your appeal be to uh, Timwald members or indeed the Council of Ministers if... Uh, they happen to be listening to this program. I think to to Timwall members, the the appeal would would be just, and it's not for me to lecture them, but but they do have a responsibility, um, to make sure that government is doing the right thing, that things are, are thought through properly, for everyone's sake, so that we have a proper debate, national debate about important issues. And for council of ministers, any any advice there? I, I think just be aware of, of the, the broader politics of this and don't just be blindly following the island plan. This is not Stalin's Russia. And, and again, that's quite an extreme thing. It is. To I mean, it's quite extreme it? form today, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the Isle of Man government uh, chief minister will say that he was elected with a mandate to make these big decisions and, and, but, and actually change the island. But not by, not by the public. 
That's our system. We, the, the chief minister doesn't have any public mandate whatsoever. And that's, that's our system. Our system has many strengths, but, you know, we have to be careful with, with strong governments that, that they, they're kept in check with, without stopping everything in its tracks. That was political commentator Alistair Ramsey. Is Alistair right to be so concerned? Surely we've been talking about wind farms long enough now and it's time for action. For now, though, I'm Phil Gorn. Gorham Mayo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>